All right, before we get started tonight, I, I want to, uh, boy, I'm awful loud. I feel loud. Am I loud? Okay, I'm, I'm, self, I'm kind of paranoid about myself being loud. Amen. I know that's kind of strange, but I am. But as long as y'all good, I'm good. And if I get too loud, he'll turn me down, okay? But anyway, before we get started tonight, I just want to thank y'all for the opportunity to come tonight and uh, share the Lord's Word with you. Thank you for the fall uh, for Jesus uh, time that y'all having all month. We've been praying different preachers. I think Jeff Wade is supposed to be here next week. Kenny done moved on me. He was there. Now he's over there. Does he do that all the time? Anyway, he's over there. But anyway, praying for Jeff Wade next week, but I appreciate y'all. Uh, I like to share a little humor when I'm a preaching, and but I'm not going to do that tonight. The Lord's been on me. I've been praying about this message so much that I'm going to be as serious as I possibly can be tonight, and I'm going to be quick. I done had one fellow tell me he had me on the time clock, and I'm not going to call him out. Uh, I'm aggravating him. But anyway, uh, I will be brief tonight, but I wanted to tell y'all about a story that happened, and uh, I work with the Sheriff's Department and uh, do a chaplaincy program, and we got a call one night, and they said there was a mule running up and down 59. So we take off down there, and here come a mule up 59 Hill. Y'all know where that's at, don't you? That big old hill. He was dragging trace chains and, the, and, and the, uh, leads and everything coming up the hill, you know. And we didn't know what in the world was going on. And uh, here come a little old man running up the hill after that mule. And I didn't know. I thought somebody showing sure up been shot or something down there, you know. No cops. No, that's just Kenny. That's just Kenny. But he said it happened all the time. Kenny would get lost. He'd just turn the mule loose. The mule had enough sense to go home, and he'd follow the mule. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> y'all know I'm lying, don't you? All right. I, I hope none of y'all took that seriously. But anyway, I know y'all ever know some church people, they take everything serious, you know. I'm thinking, you ought to know that's a joke. I wouldn't have to tell you that. But anyway... Uh, I'm going to preach tonight what the Lord has laid on my heart, and, I, and I'm going to be, uh, try to be as close to 30 as I can. But if I run over a little bit and you get done for me and the Holy Ghost, you're welcome to head on out, all right? But anyway, uh, the title of my message tonight is a serious one. I've been praying about it. The Lord began to move in my heart over this thing several, several, several years ago. Years ago. And I never had the opportunity to preach it, never even thought I would. Because I don't know about any of y'all, but sometimes the Lord just kind of speaks words to you. And, and you don't know when or why or the, the circumstances. But one day he'll say, that's it, boy, go, you know. So anyway, he began to lay in my heart this, this message of the burden. And, and so I've just been praying about it. And I think uh, the Lord has opened this door for me to be here tonight. And I thank y'all once again for this great privilege to do so. But the title of my message tonight is The Burden, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter number 24, and they told me that I would be on the screen back there while I'm preaching. Now, y'all know i got attention disorder, so if I get disoriented, y'all just lead me back to the middle, amen? All right, thank you, Frankie. All right, so if you would, if you're able, now if you're not, Lord, to understand, please, please rise as we look at God. And uh, Matthew chapter number 24 and we're going to start out in verse number 4, and we're going to run it all the way down here to about verse number 14. Now, this is Jesus as he begins to teach and, and instruct about the last days that would to be to come. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name and say that I am the Christ, and will deceive many. 
And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars and see to it that none were troubled, but also these things must too pass. But the end is yet to come. For nation will rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famine and pestilence and earthquakes in various places. And they will be the beginning of the sorrows. And then they will be delivered unto you tribulation and kill you and will be haters of all nations for my name and sake, it said. The first number 10. And then many, many, many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. There'll be many false prophets that will rise up and deceive many. And because of lawlessness will be all about, the love of many will grow cold. But he will endure to the end shall be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then to the end will come. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your reading of the word tonight. And Lord, I pray that your name would be glorified in everything that is said and done in this house tonight. Father, I pray that you'll just use your words, Lord, to penetrate hearts. Father, I pray tonight that you will move in the every lost person that's in this facility here tonight, this wonderful church that you've placed. I pray in your name, God, that the lost will be saved. I pray in your name, Father, those that are here tonight, that out of your will would come home. That those in this church tonight, Father, would get a burden for what we're going to talk about tonight. And Father, I pray that you'll use the I pray, Father, that you'll forgive me. I am unworthy to open your word. I'm unworthy to step in your pulpit. But God, you've given me this opportunity, and I know, God, I've not taken it lightly. And I men and there are women here tonight that need to hear from you. Father, we got better things to do if you don't show up. God, we could be somewhere else. We could be piled up on the couch watching TV or a ball game. But God, if your presence is here tonight, there'll be a move of God. If your presence is in this house tonight, Father, we can leave out of here tonight knowing that we have come in contact with you. And Lord, one millisecond on this old planet Earth with you is better than all the thousands of hours we waste doing everything else. So it's tonight that you meet with us here because if you don't meet with us, we'll leave out here empty, God. And I pray tonight, Father, that this little short time that we have together, your name will be glorified. And I thank you in advance for using the likes of me. Speak to me. Speak through me. Let me preach with power and compassion and love for the brother and sister in Christ. Because the Bible's very plain. If I love them, Father, and I know that I do, only by your blood, that I'll have concernment as a pastor. And I thank you, God, once again for this church, this opportunity, return people, being here, my people, Lord, that you've given me to shepherd, and Brother Kenny's people that you've given him to shepherd. Thank you for allowing them to be here tonight. Would you move in our hearts tonight? In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. All right, now, I don't know time's getting away from me. I don't got the, I like this little clock up here, by the way. It don't faze me much. I'm just kidding. We got one down the front, but they won't let me look at it much. We read tonight in the book of Matthew, and I'm sure all of y'all have heard it many times. It is talking about the coming of the last days. And Jesus has, has put them in this book, his word, to instruct every one of us that we need to be conscious of the last day. 
You know, we're living in a time in society that we don't like to talk about the last day. We want to talk about heaven. We want to talk about living a Christian life. We want to turn on our radios and we want to go to work and tell everybody how much we know Jesus and how much we love Jesus and all the things that Jesus has done for us. But the Bible's very plain. He instructs each and every one of us, Jesus did, to look up to the signs and interpret what's going on. Otherwise, he said, you can look at a storm and tell it's a coming. You can look at this and that and understand the time of the seasons. And it's God's people who are supposed to be interpreting the signs. We're to be able to look and see that this thing as we know as life is a winding down. Okay? Y'all with me? I'm not used to looking this hard right or left, so y'all got to stay with me. Y'all with me? If God's people are not interpreting the times and then telling people the urgency of the time, then nobody else is. And in this piece of scripture right here, as Jesus is teaching, he told us very, very plain some things that we would know. And I'm going to get over to my message in Romans in a minute, but we've got to get here first. Amen. Sometimes to get somewhere, you've got to start somewhere. No, that's every time, all right? So that's what I'm trying to get you to understand. Jesus said, I want you to interpret these signs. So we notice there in that very first part, as I read a while ago, it says, Jesus answered them. He said, make heed or take note that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, he says, and say that I am the Christ. Listen, friend, I want you to understand something. We are living in the last days as we know here on earth because every time I turn around on TV or anywhere else, I hear all of these false prophets, these false teachings, and I see God's people not heeding the warnings and not listening. Now, don't y'all agree with me? Do y'all say amen up here? He must preach better than I do. I thought I was doing better than that. You know that we're supposed to heed it and we're supposed to listen. So Jesus said, now listen, be careful. Listen to what? Take heed. Listen to what it says in verse number five. I don't know where I, I don't know if I got it on the screen. No, she ain't. All right, I'm, I'm nervous, but I'll get there. For many will come in my name and say that I am the Christ and will deceive many. Do you know we're living in a time that blows my mind? We turn on our TVs. We listen on the radio. And we, we as Christian people, we know who Jesus is. And, and we understand that he's the son of the living God. But we're living in a day now that that is so messed up. We see all these false teachings and these false doctrines. We see these false gods and they're everywhere. Where the church just gets together on Sunday morning, does our little deal, go home and eat our chicken, and never even realize that a whole world is being deceived. And the church, you and I, those who are here tonight and who are born again, we are supposed to be the light of this world and the salt. Amen? All right? So y'all with me? I like the way y'all getting in there. Listen to what it says in verse number 6. And you will hear of rumors of wars and wars, and you will see not that that's troubled, but for these things must come to pass, and the end is yet to come. 
I don't know about y'all, but I don't watch CNN no more, but y'all can preach that some other day. But the reality of it is, every time you turn on your TV, you'll hear something going on. You'll hear about a war, a rumor of war. We got a rocket man, they call him. You name it, everybody hates Israel. There's never been peace in the Middle East. There will never be peace in the Middle East. Every time you turn around, there's one conflict right out of another conflict, and one conflict following another conflict. If we ain't dropped a bomb today, we'll drop one tomorrow. If it's not that, there's some attack on our country. It's either terrorist attacks, it's, it's homeland attacks. There's just rumors and rumors and rumors of wars. It goes on constantly. And what are we doing as a church? We just get over here, have our meetings, you know, say I love Jesus. Y'all ever sway your arms up here at First Baptist? They don't at return. Bunch of un- <laughs> bunch of unrhythm people we can't even clap we just go to church and we just do our thing we do our thing and I got sidetracked I promised myself I wasn't going to do that we just go to church and do our thing Jesus said now listen before the return of me before I come to get my church before this thing winds down they're going to be wars and wars and rumors of wars and that's where we're living this very day listen to what else it says for nation will rise up against nation kingdom against kingdoms and earthquakes and famine they'll be starving to death and earthquake we in America a bunch of spoiled youngins and we got everything the world has to offer when it comes to food and everything else, but it's only by the grace of God because I believe that we are a Christian nation as a whole and God's people are praying and seeking is the only reason we don't see it, but you need to wake up. We're living in a land like nobody else. There are earthquakes every day. I mean, you turn it on. There's, there's just everywhere you look, there's famine, people starving to death. They, I, I was so thirsty. while I go, I couldn't even find the water found. Mark had these little old media bottles, but he didn't offer me one. But there are people all over this world today that would kill you for that little dab of water. And we don't even realize it. And he, Jesus is saying, these things are going to happen before my return. But God's people are spoilt by the grace of God and we don't even see these things. Amen? But look what Jesus said. He said there's famine in various places and these are the beginning of the birth pains. Isn't that, a, isn't that a something? He said this is just a tip of the iceberg. This is just warning signs. These are just the beginning of the sorrows. God's people ought to be the people that's able to interpret these things and God's people ought to realize the urgency of the time in which we're living in. Amen. All right, I like that. And listen to what it says in verse number nine. And they will be deceivers of you and tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for the name's sake. Otherwise, what name? The name of Jesus. You know the Sunday school answer, don't you? The name of Jesus. By what name? The name of Jesus. We're living in the last day. I want to share something with y'all in case you've never figured it out. Are you with me? Say you with me. I like the way y'all with me. The world hates us because of Jesus Christ. It ain't because of our money and our cars and our popularity and them Hollywood stars. It's because of Jesus Christ. Let me share something with you. If Jesus don't come back very soon, we don't know what persecution is, but it's coming. Do you realize that persecution of Christians across this great land has nothing compared to what goes on overseas? They cut their heads off by the name of Jesus. 
Listen, I want you to understand something, church. We have no clue. We have no clue what's yet to come. For those who are born again, I'm telling you right now, they're going to come a day if Jesus don't get back here pretty soon that you're going to have to be willing to give it all up to worship. You're going to have to be willing to pay the price. Right now, it's all just come as you want to or not. But there's coming a day. But we're living in that time right now when the church is being persecuted, when the name of Jesus, I want y'all to know something, these wars that we see all the time, if you would look deep down in what the actual cause of the conflict is, it is because of Jesus Christ. It is because of his chosen people in Israel. And we see it constantly. And we see people on TV try to tell us it's for this or for all or for that. No, it is because of the divine plan of God that every man should be saved and he wants his people to be at the forefront and the world and everyone else attacks it. We're living in the last day, amen. I'm getting to my message. I know Mark's nodding like crazy. I can't see him over yonder. All right, listen to what it said. It said they will kill you and they will be haters of all nations because of my name and then offended and tray one another and hate one another. We're talking about what? We're talking about a lost world. Have you ever seen such times that life meant nothing? You know something now? I remember when I was a little kid, I've shared this with Paige. I remember when I was a little little girl got kidnapped out of a washerette over there around Pickens or Six Mile or somewhere. And I want you to know this, this area was tore up. We hunted. They were people took off work. It was the most tragic thing. And they found that poor little old baby down there at uh, Holiday Inn in Lake Hartwell. A man doing construction found her. Somebody got that little old girl out of that washerette. And they killed her. And people were mourning and weeping and everything else. In the year 2017, we'll have a murder in a street. And we won't even stop our cars hardly to look. On the newspaper, people won't even take note. We got brothers and sisters in Christ that are being just eat up by the world. And we don't even bow a knee in to pray for them. And we are in such a mess in our society that death has become no big deal. Gas can go down 10 cents a gallon and it's all over the front page. But somebody get murdered, somebody get tore up or, or mangled in something and we don't even care. Aren't we living in the last day? All right, y'all, y'all stay with me. It says that they will betray one another. Have you ever seen such a time that God's people just can't get along? We'll pretend like we get along, but we don't really get along. Why do you think we've got 65 churches in this little county? I shared it this morning in our church. That's a shame. You know, I'll just share this with you. It's free, and I left my keys somewhere. Oh, I left them back there with her. Raise your hand. She's got my keys in case y'all rub me off. I can just get them on the way out, Amen. <laughs> It amazes me. We got 65 churches in our county. We got 4,200 people that attend them. You do the math. Most of our churches are down and depleted and just about ready to shut the door. Y'all blessed up here. Returns blessed. If you run 150, 200, that means some of our churches as low as 10. We're living in the last day. God's people can't get along. You don't like me. You don't like what I do, like what I say. I'll get my stump and I'll head on to another church. If I can't find one over I don't like, I'll start be one. That's our mentality. It's crazy. Haters of one another. There'll be false prophets to deceive many. Turn on your TV. 
we got such easy believism religions today, it drives me crazy. I could turn on a TV, we listen to somebody sit there and say, well, we'll pray to God. Next thing you know, Allah, some junk like that will come out of their mouth. You know, we're living in the most religious time this world has ever known. Everybody, you go, you go to town today if you've got enough nerve and ask anybody you run into, are you, are you, are you Christian? Yeah, I this, I that. I go here, I go that. Lying. Don't do it. We got people all the time say, oh yeah, I this, don't do that. Everybody goes to church. Everybody listens to music. Everybody, but deep down, are they born again? Because there's no fruit of it. So I'm just telling you, we're living in the last day. Because the lawless about, the love of many will grow cold. Are we living in the last day? You know, the Bible says that when you get saved, you love me. If you love me and I love you, well, what's the problem? You know, our church, if we say we love each other, but wait a minute. The Bible says if you say you love me, but yet turn around and talk about me or do something against me or say something opposite, then you're a liar and you don't even know Jesus. Take it up with the Word of God. We see it all the time. Love in our world today is not a love of uncondition. It is a love of what you want for me to do. What I get from you. If you love me, you'll do this for me. If you love me, you'll this, you'll this. Love is only one-sided. And Jesus says, before I return, there'll be no love. And I want you to know we're living in that day, aren't we? The gospel's the kingdom and we preached in all the words. So the gospel will be preached in all the world. And the witness of the nations and then the end will come. You know something? As I began to read that and... You know, I can remember when I was lost and I read that piece of scripture. And I, I, read, I read the scripture for two years before I got saved. And I, I'm not used to my Bible up here, so y'all got to bear with me. Uh, the gospel will be preached. You know something? We're living in such a time that it amazes me. You can take your cell phone right now and you can bring up the gospel, can't you? It's amazing. We can drop a bomb in a window in a hut over in Pakistan right now and watch it on our phone. This message I'm preaching tonight could be telecasted all over the world. Tell me now we're not living in the last day. The name of Jesus Christ is everywhere. People might not accept it, but it's everywhere. Now I'm going to my message. In the book of Romans, chapter number 9, we are given... The secret to helping this world. We're given the very antidote for the condition of our churches. We're given the very promise of what to do in order to be and to be what God has asked us to be. And I know times are getting away. Kenny said he does it for our on Sunday night. Is that the truth? Amen. So... Here's the deal. It is given to us, and I believe that this is what the Lord has laid upon my heart, and it's been there for a long time. Y'all ever had something in you just festers, and that's where this thing is. The antidote and the problem to our churches and the problems of the world can be solved in these few little verses that are in God's Word. Now, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking about himself, and he's talking about his condition. And his condition drives him to be the man that God has called him to be. All right? 
Y'all with me? Y'all have eaten too much today. Listen. Get with it. Verse number one of chapter number nine. He says, I tell you the truth in Christ, I am not lying. My conscience also bears witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief. Continual grief in my heart. For I wish that I myself were cursed, cut off, whichever translation you got, from Christ for my brother, my kinsman, according to the flesh. Paul says, I am driven by the Holy Spirit. Paul says in his word that there is something taking place in his life and that I believe is the antidote, it is the cure, it is what we need in our churches. It's what you need in your home. It's what you need to live this life in the day that we're living in, which we all have agreed is the last day. Listen to what Paul is saying in those few scriptures. He said, the spirit in me. If you're saved tonight, there's a spirit of God that lives in your heart. Do you understand that? You know, so many people, they want to hear about Jesus, but they don't want a spirit. But if you've ever gotten saved, you surrendered your life to the Almighty God, and the Spirit of God came into your life. So if you're saved tonight, the same spirit that indwelled in Paul is the exact same spirit that's in your heart. Now, y'all stay focused. I can tell some of you are losing it. you got to listen. The spirit is in your heart. So Paul says that there's a spirit in his heart that is driving him in the direction that he does not want to go. The Bible says that there are two fleshes in us. One is a spiritual, one is a human flesh. And Paul preached about that. But he said there's something inside of him that is absolutely just eating him up. It is literally sucking the life out of him. And he hit on it in that very precious word. He said, I'm not lying. I'm consciously telling you that there's something inside of me that is placed by the Spirit of God and it is absolutely destroying me. Physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, it has consumed my entire life. Let me share with you what that is. Do you remember my title? My title was, is a burden. Friend, I'm here tonight to tell you, this has been burning in my heart for a long time. If you do not have the burden of Almighty God in your life, there is a problem. You're either living in sin and you ain't even heard from the God so long, you wouldn't even know it if he did call your name. But the reality of it is, he says in that scripture that when he got saved, there was a burden come upon his heart and life. We read about the last day. Church, let me tell you something. You better wake up here tonight. If you've got no burden for the lost people, are you saved? Listen, this burden that God's placed in each and every one of us, that burden will drive you and push you. It'll keep you away. There's times at night that I lay my head on the pillow and I see the friends that I've got that are lost and on their way to hell and it drives me nuts. 
And I'm trying to get you to understand if Westminster Baptist Church, whichever way y'all say it, it always messes me up. But wherever I'm at tonight, if you don't have a burden, you better ask God why not. And if this church is ever going to be everything that God has called it to be, you will not do it without a burden. The burden is given to you by God for what God wants, friend. I'm glad y'all doing fall for Jesus. I love that concept. But if you don't have a burden for the lost and the broke people up and down these streets and in this church, listen, you're just getting together over here and having a good time. There's a burden that's in a man's heart when he becomes saved. And I want you to understand something. That burden that God puts on your heart, it is a burden that you weigh awake at night and you don't want it. I tell you right now there's times that my wife will tell me you got to quit you can't live like this you got to get some sleep you got to do something different quit preaching do whatever you got to do but I'll say I can there's a burden in my heart and I want to see people saved I want to see people rededicated let me share it with each one of you deacons in this room listen we got enough deacons out here that can determine which way this flyer goes do we add on that way and do we add on this way we need some deacons that's got a burden in their heart for the herd and the lost people hey deacons you need a burden for those who don't come to church who ought to be in church and I ain't just jumping on you as a deacon but you are a vain man of God you understand where is that burden that I don't see no more I see preachers without a burden we just want to fill up a building man we just want to paint it we just want this without that burden friend you ain't got nothing and I want you to understand something. That burden is what will drive you. That burden is what will push you. If you are born again Christian, let me share something with you. If you don't have a burden for the house of God and for the things of God, you better start asking yourself why. If you can take church and you can leave church, you can show up or you don't have to, or you can do whatever you want to do, you better ask yourself a hard question. Because I'm more here to take it. The very night on my, in my house, Paige has got a playroom down there now. I call it my bedroom. But when I got on my knees in that bedroom, and I said, Almighty God, I'm worthless. But if you want to save me, just go on and do it. Ain't that stupid? Hey, but Jesus will take it any way he can get you. Amen. I didn't know he was going to put this burden in my heart. I didn't know nothing about it. I, I read his word, but I didn't know it. And friend, I want you to understand something. This burden that you're talking about, it is the greatest thing, but yet it's the hardest thing. People with a burden are not easily offended. Y'all with me? You know, people without a burden, man, they get offended over everything. But when you got a burden for those people who are lost or those people who are hurting and sick and afflicted, jobs, finances, and marriage, when you got that burden, your feelings don't make no difference. Apostle Paul said, I can be all things to all people if it'll win them to Christ. The church has got to become burdened. We ain't burdened. If we're not burdened, where's the problem? Well, no, what are we going to do? You know? I tell you right, how do I know we're not burdened? You know? How do I know we're not burdened? Hey, this altar right here, when is the last time that you broke your neck not get that way, but to get this way? When is the last time that you felt in your heart when the altar call was given and I got lost friends? How many times the last time that the God spoke to you and you still said, oh, well, you know. Come on. When is the last time that God moved in your heart and you couldn't even 
You couldn't even close your eyes without praying and seeking him. How many times you go up, pray for sister so-and-so, and you won't even pray yourself? Really, come on now. Are y'all with me tonight? Does Kenny never get out there? I feel like I shocked some of you. But isn't that the truth? We got ordained men who don't even pray. Won't even open the word. You know what? We got Sunday school teachers. We got deacon Sunday school teachers, church members, whatever, laymen, whatever y'all call, I don't know. Church member people, you know what? Most easily offended, tore up. Listen, there's a problem. Without that burden in your heart, everybody can go to hell for all you care. Am I wrong? You know, somehow another church has got so messed up. We're supposed to go to church. Let me share something with you. This is a Sunday night crowd. It ain't my crowd. I got a few, amen. Right, Mark? Let me share something with you. We're not here to please you. The church is not here to please you. When did the church have to be to your order? It's crazy. When you got a burden, you don't care who's preaching. When you got a burden, you don't care who's singing. I went to a church not long ago and they had two people, the preacher and the old boy wasn't all there. That's the truth. He got shot. Come out top of his head. But he was there every time the doors is open. A burden. You know what? Do you know we got preachers that worry about salary instead of the burden? When's the last time you shed a tear for a brother and sister? When's the last time? When's the last time you went to church expecting God to do something? Paul said, there's a great sorrow in here. There's a great grief in my heart. Paul said, if he was here tonight, I believe Paul would be on his knees weeping and mourning. I believe that when the altar call was given, they'd have to blink the lights to run him out of here. They said, Paul, you got to go. And he said, no, you don't understand. I've got lost friends. No, you don't understand. I got brothers and sisters in Christ and I hurt them. Am I wrong? It's a Sunday night and I've had a great time, but the reality of it is, friend, have you ever even had a burden? Let's be real. Have you ever even had a burden for anybody, for anything? I've often heard people say, well, I don't really understand what Paul's burden or, or Paul's thorn in the flesh. I've heard every theory in the world. But sometimes I wonder if that wasn't Paul's thorn. I preached a message one time, walking dead men. Do you know how many dead men I've seen walking? You know, when I go pump my gas and I see some old boy standing there talking to me about something, ain't got no business. There comes that burden. You know how many times I have church members that I have to go kiss them and smooch up to them, beg and plead them? Not because I want to, but because there's a burden in there. You know how many times I have to go to somebody and say, oh, please come back. Please attend church. Please get serious. How many times in my youth ministry, and even that adult, I have to go to church members and say, please get your children in church. Why is all that? Because there's a burden in there. When's the last time you've had a burden? I know right now this is the new sanctuary and it's beautiful. Since this thing's been built, when's the last time you bowed a knee up here at this altar?
That's what it's here for. I had a friend of mine tell me one time, he said, I can pray right where I'm sitting. I said, yeah, you sure can. But when God moves in your heart, your feet will get up and an example to everybody else and you'll move and you'll come to the altar of God on which God died for. I'm telling you tonight, you're going to have an opportunity here tonight. And this altar, it should be full. But let me share something with you. If you come to this altar just as a show, stay where you're at. All you're doing is just hindering Almighty God. You ain't going to stop him, but you just hindered him. Whether you return or whether you first Baptist. I'm here tonight. I, I, I want to be here. I really do. And I thought this opportunity. And I've had a simple message. But I believe it's the most profound message that God has ever placed on my heart. And I, I'm not trying to lift me up, I'm telling you. But friend, if you ain't willing to cast it all aside, Paul said he considered everything junk. Didn't he? Rubbish. He give it all up. Half of us won't even give up a, pot, a spot on a pew, let alone give it all up. Are you willing to? Are you willing tonight to say, Lord, I've never had a burden like that. You know, we say we love Jesus, but Paul said it was given to him by the Holy Spirit. Do you want a burden? Let me share it with you very quickly, and I'm really done. Five minutes later, amen, I've done good. If you ask God for burden, I mean this, you be very careful. You be very careful. Because that burden don't go away. I've shared with Paige before, and I'll share with y'all. I bowed on my knees in that little playroom she got, and I said, God, I want to love like you love. I can't do it. It's incapable. I've never loved nobody. I said, God, I want you to give me that love. I'm willing to forsake all. And I remember talking about, didn't even know what, a, what he, Paul was talking about. But I said, I want to be like Paul and say that I would even give up my salvation. Do you remember what I read you? We won't even give up our time, our money, our cars, our nothing. We won't give up nothing. But Paul said, I'd give up my place in heaven. Do you have that in your life, friend? What is God asking you to do? Are you willing to give it up? Paul said, I'd give up my salvation. Tell me now that ain't a man with a burden in his heart. He said, I would give up my place in heaven so somebody else would be saved. Have we ever got there? Are we, preacher? Have we ever got there as an individual that we'd say, hey, I won't even go to heaven if I could win somebody else to get there. I believe we'd be less offended. I believe we would be sold out. I believe we'd be committed. I believe we'd do everything God told us to do if we had that burden in our hearts. Are you willing to give up your place in heaven? We hear it all the time, don't we? Get to go to heaven. Really? We won't even quit drama long enough to get to even know somebody. Paul said, I'd give it all up. My question to each person in this room tonight, have you got a burden? If you don't have a burden, would you come to this altar tonight and say, God, I want a burden? 
We got a government that's a mess. We got a society that's a mess. You know how many men and women I see, they'll say, pray for my husband, pray for this and that. Have you got a burden for them? Have you? I'm going to tell you something. If every one of God's children had a burden, our churches would be running over. We got 65. We'd have to have 120. Do the math. We got enough to fill them up. But the reality is most people don't even have a burden to buy somebody to even come to church. I'm not trying to make you feel bad tonight. I just want to know, do you have a burden? Do you stay awake at night praying? When you turn on the TV, are you broken? When you see these little children being attacked by the devil, are you broken? Deacons in this church, are you broken? My deacons. Are you broken for your church? Are you broken for your pastor? Are you broken? Huh? Whatever role you play in the church, whether you just come to church and you're a church membership, is all you can tuck under your belt. Well, listen, I'm here to tell you, God's got you where he wants you. You in his army. But without a burden, you'll just come, go home. Come, go home. You're going to have an opportunity here because I'm going to pray. And I hope and I pray that I said something tonight that would wake you up, woke me up. The simple thing, it's not even really a message. I just preach my heart. How many of y'all in this church tonight got lost people in your family? How many of y'all in this church tonight have got family members that you can't even get along with? You might as well keep them up, y'all. Y'all get along with all y'all's family members? You're lying. The ones that say they like me, I ain't sure they do. How many of you in this church tonight, you got friends that'll tell you they know Jesus but won't attend church? How many of y'all in this church tonight, you're not praying? You're not studying God's Word? Church ain't nothing but a burden to you. Let's be real. If you could have it any other way, you would be somewhere else. You've lost a burden. You know, I remember when I first got saved, I'd witness to a telephone pole, man. That make no difference to me. That joker stood still long enough, he'd hear about Jesus. But you know, after I go through the trials of this world and get chewed out and a few church members leave me, that burden can be kind of tweaked off there a little bit, can't it? All I'm asking you to do tonight is to search your heart and say, why am I here? Why am I in church? Why am I playing this piano? Why am I playing this guitar? Why am I singing? Why am I teaching this class? Why am I doing you? Why am I a deacon? Why am I this? Why am I that? How's my heart? But I shared with you, you ought to be at this altar asking God to place a burden on your heart. But now when you ask God for that burden, you better be ready. You hear me? Be ready. It is one of man's most cursed, but it's also one of man's most blessings. I've had burdens on my heart. I've bought things and done things, and I, I wouldn't have done for nothing, but it was all try to win somebody to Jesus because I had that burden. But when I saw that burden come forth, when I've helped people into the ministry, when I've saved people by the grace of God by telling them about Jesus, I didn't save them, but I led them to Jesus. It's made it worth it all. Me and your pastor was upstairs. You know what he told me up there? He told me something that I've always knew and I've always heard and I've always said. If I could do anything else in this world, I'd do it. But I can't because I've been called to preach. 
See, that's a burden. When's the last time that you walked an aisle of a church and got on your knees and weep before an almighty God? Turn on your TV, church. It's time. It's time. Look at your church. It's time. Even though you've got a great church, y'all know better. There's a lot to be done. The field is ripe. I'm going to pray. Brother Kenny's going to come up. He'd pray with you. He'll pray for you. This altar's open when I get done praying. If God's moved in your heart to come and pray, come on and pray. But be serious. If you want to stay where you're at, stay where you're at. But if you're serious about this thing and you want to know what God's got for you, you come on. If you've got lost family members, you come and you pray. You've got people in the church that need you. Lost and dying world ain't praying. They need people with a burden. If you've got a burden, you'll be at this altar. But now I ain't trying to push you. If you in this church today and you've never been saved, because you remember I told you, Paul said that spirit was given to him. I mean, that, that concernment was given to him, that burden by the Holy Spirit. If you've never been saved, you don't have the Holy Spirit. You don't care nothing about church or nothing else. The Bible says you're a walking dead man. You might attend church, but you, not are, you are not the church. If you've never been saved, I don't care what mom and daddy's told you. But as you know in your heart, you've never been saved. Can I share, what are you waiting on? You're missing the abundant life. Heaven's the bonus, amen? Why don't you come tonight and be saved? I'd love to share with you. Brother Kenny, I'd love to share with you how to be saved. Go straight to Jesus himself, amen? But you can be saved tonight. If you're living in sin and you've walked away, maybe you're coming to church every time the door's open, but you're living in sin. Maybe ain't nobody else seeing it, but God knows it. Why don't you come and get right with God? Start fresh. If you're here tonight and you've got a burden, come and lay it at the feet. If you don't have a burden, come get one. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity tonight. Lord, I thank you for the great privilege you give me to read your word. Father, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm talking to a bunch of people, Father, that this altar ought to be full. From Return Baptist Church and First Baptist. Lord, my deacons, their deacons, Sunday school teachers, any, I mean, I can go on and on, church, but it doesn't matter. I just want to make sure, Father, right now, that if I've said anything that's contrary to your word, I pray for forgiveness. And Father, I pray tonight that the burden that you'll lay on somebody in this heart tonight will change this county. Father, I've read in your word many times about false teachers and false prophets. The Bible said is broad that way it leads it to destruction, but narrow that leads us to righteousness. Father, I believe one old boy, one old girl in this church that you'd put a burden in their heart for the lost people. That you'd put a burden in their heart for the hurting people. That God, they'd forsake it all like Paul said, cast it aside. If you would just plant that burden tonight, Father, we'd see a change in our lives, God. Can I say right now, Father, I thank you for this burden in my heart. It's forever changing. But there are days, I swear, I think I cannot bear one more person but it's not a choice. But I thank you for it. Because without this burden, me or anybody else in this church would never be what you've asked us to be. Because if we don't have a burden, we'll be for everything else. I pray tonight that your burden will be upon this church and my church, God. Because if we're burdened, we'll be what you've called us to be. 
I pray it all in your name. And I turn it over to Brother Kenny, Father, and I pray that your blessings upon it. I thank you for the opportunity tonight. May your spirit reign in this house. Father, may your Holy Spirit move in hearts. There's individuals here tonight that are listening right now to the Spirit. Father, I thank you for your presence. But Lord, I pray that you'll move in the heart. I pray that your Spirit would move in each heart tonight. And your will be done. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.